0: All right. Welcome back to the Batflip Podcast. We are uh episode two this week. How you doing, Matt? Pretty good. How about yourself? Doing alright. We got a uh back show today.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Gonna talk some uh some standings and some uh some of our early season award candidates and um, you know, some of our uh you know, some some little bit of baseball news from the week, but there hadn't been too too much going on this week, so
0: yeah, just keep, kind of keep a shorter episode here and just kind of blow through this stuff. Um, just staying consistent. So uh, we'll, we'll start with the standings. Um, kind of just go over the last ten, like we uh, like we've been doing. Um, in the AL East, uh, last ten this week, the where the Tampa Bay Rays were on the top with eight and two.
1: Yeah, uh, Tampa Bay's been really good. Um, they. Um you know, they've got a lot of, they got a lot of good pitching and their bullpen can, can be good. Um, Charlie Morton and Tyler glass. Now are a good one and two. They got that pitching depth as well. Um, they've got a good team and I want to shout out the Orioles cause they're still winning and that's surprising. They've taken a couple series over the last week or two that have really surprised me, especially when they, you know, beat the nationals a couple times this weekend. So,
0: um, yeah, they're seven I, and three.
1: Yeah. And, and they're only three games out of the division lead. And, um, but I think as of right now, if, if the season ended today, I believe they'd be in the playoffs. So uh, good for the Orioles. They've got some real talent on that lineup. I mean, uh, Anthony Santander
0: has played well. Rio Ruiz has played well. Um, Renato Nunez, Hanser
1: Alberto. Like, they've got some really good uh, some really good talent in that lineup. They, they need to shore up the pitching some.
0: but. And they're still missing Trey Mancini.
1: They are, and, um, you know, that's obviously an unfortunate situation with his um, – you know his health issues, but um, yeah. hopefully, hopefully he's able to recover and come back from that. And the uh, you know hopefully next year, they've got a good base they're building there. I really like what
0: I'm seen from them so far. Yeah, the Yankees have you know they've been six and four this week. Um, not really playing as good as they could have been, but they they've been dealing. You know Judge went on the yeah. went on the IL with the was a calf strain, I believe. Uh, yep, Judge and Stanton have been out. So yeah, Frazier's been playing out of his mind though. Clint Frazier, he's been playing really good. Yes,
1: he has. He's he's a good player. He's a guy that hadn't gotten too many opportunities because of uh, their stacked outfield. But
0: yeah, uh, you know Toronto's four and six uh, this week. It's unfortunate with uh, Bouchette going down today with the knee sprain. Looks like he's gonna miss about a month. They're saying if it all goes well, but I I, I don't think if they're in it, not in it, he will be back.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean. I don't know if the Blue Jays will be in it. Um, I was hoping to see a little bit more improvement from some of their young guys this year than they have had, but um, you know, I, it's early and you know, it's a short season and you know, I, I'm you know, I haven't loved what I've seen from some of their young guys. Like, like Vlad Jr. hasn't been, you know, the Vlad Jr. We thought we were going to see, you know, take the league by storm, but he's a young guy and it takes some some time sometimes. I mean, it's, um, so we'll see what happens, but I, I don't know if they're going to be able to hold on to as as highly, um, you know, to, to being close to making the playoffs or anything like that. So.
0: Yeah, I don't – not with the way Ryu's pitching, you know, him being a big pickup for them. Uh, he yes. hasn't pitched very well. Now especially losing Bichette. Yeah, Ryu's um,
1: started yeah. to pitch a little bit better than he was, but he's – He's not quiet. He He's not the Cy Young level pitcher he was
0: last year. Right. Dodgers, absolutely. And you know they're also missing Ken Giles. Um, yeah. It's... I saw Anthony Bass came out of the game today. Uh, oh, I his, didn't see that. His status was changed um, from today to day. I have one of my fans teams. That's how I know that. Um, Boston's three and seven this week. Not really. Not very good. But there. you kind of expect that out of Boston right now. They're in that whole rebuilding kind of phase. Yeah, Boston's got some good pieces. Um, they've
1: still got their lineup is still yeah. got you know like Xander Bogarts and uh been really well. JD Benatendi, Devers. I mean, they've had they got some Christian Vasquez. They got some good pieces, but their pitching's been so bad. I they yeah. I honestly, I mean, you're we're at a point. You know, we're two weeks from it. Get to September, you're you getting mm-hmm. close to where you can start to eliminate teams and being ten games out and yeah. the pace that the Red Sox are at and the Blue Jays really being six and a half games out is it's going to be really hard for either one of them to get close to the Yankees but much less you know make the playoffs at all even though you know they're not too too far from the playoffs technically right now but you know the way they've looked so far they're going to have to step things up or you know and obviously in two weeks you're going to start to see some trades and you might see these teams move on some from some veterans and rental type players so
0: yeah, so we have a uh, we'll go on to the central division where you got the twins who were only four and six this week. they've been scuffling some and they better watch out on their heels because they got Cleveland right behind them only one game back and, and Cleveland's went seven and three this week.
1: Cleveland has got a lot more talent than people realize they've, they've got great pitching development. And it shows, you know, we're we're gonna talk about some of our uh, early picks for um for Cy Young later, and we've got one on, in, with Cleveland. Um, very interesting with the uh, two players, one of their two of their top pitchers going yeah, getting option. Now the ones getting option to AAA oh, yeah, because of um, Clevenger and Pleissack. Yeah, um, they were um, they were out, you know, not being very very cautious about the you know the covid protocols and um so there's a little bit of drama with the Indians in that front and I would assume to see them come back pretty soon and that they're gonna want to have just a couple days to you know they' i'm sure it's it's a little bit of a disciplinary thing it, it seems to me like um but they'll be back I mean in the near
0: future yeah. I'm sure but they're yeah, really good actually both Clevenger's really good. Pleissack, I always feel he's been a little underrated. Um, you know, he's he's brought out a little bit more this year. But you know, in this this kind of a season, you gotta be you gotta be cautious with you know, especially with them having Cookie Carrasco, who's had his own health issues, and absolutely and them, not being, them not being very smart, and you know, putting that team and, and somebody like that at risk. It's it's not a smart decision. But uh, yeah, hopefully they hopefully they grow and they learn from this. Uh, you know, being optioned and being away from the team and and that and, and just get a little bit smarter on their decisions this year. You know, everything's under a microscope, yeah. And you just gotta be you gotta be more cautious and and just think more before you do some actions this year.
1: Yeah, even if nothing bad comes out of it, it's the optic of it is really bad, and right. Yeah. we've seen it happen other places.
0: So Chicago, uh, White Sox, they were four and six. Detroit, four and six. Uh, Kansas City, six and four, you know, they're all starting to sort of fall back. The White Sox are, especially from the top two. Detroit's came back down to earth. And then we've talked before about the Royals, you know, being in that that rebuilding phase. So, yeah, the enough, so the White no.
1: Sox, the White Sox, I think, could still possibly hang around. I mean, they've got a lot of talent. Um, You know, another one of the guys we're going to talk about later, Luis Robert on the White Sox uh, to go along with, you know, they got. Gian Moncada, Yasmani Grandal, Jose Abreu, and their pitching staff has some uh, has a couple of you know pretty pretty good bright spots like obviously Giolito is a good pitcher and um, Dallas Keuchel's looked pretty good so far this year so um, they've they've been I mean the White Sox could hang around I think but I don't think they're as good as the Indians and the Twins
0: yeah I just don't see them being you know, even in that division race, I think the, those yeah. two, the Twins and Indians, are going to clearly, I think, start separating themselves. And the even the playoffs being expanded this year, you know, with that wild card, you, you still got teams like the Rays, you got the Astros, you got the Rangers. You know, if the Rangers can even get some of their pitching and, and stuff more healthy, like I just don't think the White Sox are the, uh, a team that's going to compete this year. I think I think they're a year away. If not two. Just just let their hitters develop some more. Yep. Uh, and, and, you know, they got a couple good pitchers, young pitchers, Dane Dunning and Kopech, that they're still waiting to Absolutely. Uh, come up.
1: Dylan Cease as well. You know, yeah, I forgot day. about Dylan Cease. Yeah, I get a little bit more seasoning there.
0: Yeah. Uh, we'll jump over to the West where, you know, the Oakland Athletics, even missing Ramon Laureano, they've went 8-2 and two in their past 10 um speaking of loriano he got his suspension reduced down to four games now so he should actually be back uh, pretty soon i think within a day or two he'll be back from that um you know they've been crushing the giants this week i think there was time they were down at the bottom of the ninth and hit yep. a grand slam to to tie it up and then another home run to take the lead and then they went into extra innings today. It was on uh, on Sunday. I think August they had week. to come. They had
1: to come back today, didn't they?
0: Yeah, and the, but they went to extras, and they, I think it was tied at two, two or three, three or whatever. And then next thing you know, I look and it was like eleven. They had they had got up to like eleven in that one extra inning. It was insane the way their offense has been been lighting it up the last so, couple of days.
1: So that I think that was yesterday that they had the the second was comeback it? in a row. Today was a blowout. It was fifteen really? to three today. Yeah, no, yeah. I yesterday know,
0: all happened in the extra innings.
1: Yesterday they scored. Did it really?
0: I think so. Uh,
1: they scored nine in the fifth today.
0: Yesterday oh, okay. it
1: was. Yeah, yesterday it was. They scored four in the ninth. And the day before, I think they scored five in the ninth. So oh,
0: I thought I saw that, but I guess um, I saw it wrong then.
1: Yeah, it's it's um, it's definitely. I mean, the, ast- the Athletics are a team that it's winning close games right now. And there's a lot of good pieces there. Um, But I mean, we're, you know, talking about a little bit about run differential and, you know, winning those really close games, close games are magnified more this year because there's a lot of that variation that comes in close games is it's diminished because every time you win one, it's a big deal in the standings with it being a short season. Right. So, um, but, you know, I don't know if the A's are a team that's going to keep up a seven seven win percentage over the course of the season, but they're they're good and they've already built themselves a four and a half game lead with, you know, a month and a half to go in the season. So, um, I yeah. think they've got a really good shot to win that division and you know, stay stay ahead of the Astros. So
0: especially with all the injuries the Astros have been coming on and their players struggling, you know.
1: Yeah, especially in the pitching staff with you know Verlander going down. So,
0: yeah, he said that he wants to start picking the ball up again. I think it was next week. Is what he said, he wants to start you know, seeing if he can how his arm feels and then he'll uh he'll make a decision if they're going to try and rehab it some more or just shut it down. So look right. for that information to be uh to be on next uh, next week's episode. Yeah, and I'd, I'd love to
1: see Verlander pitch well cuz he's a, such a talented guy, but um, Oh yeah, for sure. You know, it's definitely hurts the Astros. They've got some pieces that have done pretty well in their lineup. They've really had a makeshift pitching staff that has pitched fairly well. Um, So we'll, um, we'll see what happens with them. Uh, They're still there. They're not going to go. I don't think they're going to, you know, just completely fall out of it. I think they'll make the playoffs because obviously the top two teams in each division are making it this year. And I don't see the, you know, we're going to talk about the Rangers, A's and Mariners. I don't know if any of them will, will surpass the Astros. Um,
0: I mean, Texas so, is only a half game back, and they went 7-3 this past week. Um, you know, their their run differential does not look promising, being a negative 15. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with Mike Miner, Lance Lynn, if they can get Kluber back, you know, I, I think they, can, they can start competing in this division. I mean, especially if the Astros keep struggling and they can't get healthy. Um, Lynn's looked really good this year. You know, minor great. Been what, uh, Miner's been what you've expected so far. I mean they're they're a team I would definitely not sleep on to to make a push for that wild card. Obviously, I don't think they're going to get up there and take the the division from the A's. Um but they're definitely a, a sneaky wild card team that I think most people are overlooking.
1: Oh, they're absolutely a potential wild card team. Don't get me wrong. They're I mean, you know, they're what a half game out and we're in, you know, we're a, we're a month and a half left in the season and you know, a lot of this is and, and you know, look out next week. I think I believe we're going to do some uh pre-trade deadline um, discussion. And, you know, that's something that's coming up pretty soon too. So, I mean, if the Rangers are at 500 and a half game out, you never know what they might pick up at the deadline too. So, I definitely yeah. think they, they got a shot at it.
0: Angels, Mariners, not much to talk about there. Three and seven, two and yeah. eight, just all been struggling. Yeah, um,
1: Angels, uh, Angels pitching staff outside of Dylan Bundy, who's been really good, is uh, not great. Because Andrew Haney's been all right. And, you know, he's been he's never going to be an ace, but he's kind of your typical number three starter. He's been pretty good. But I mean, the rest of their staff with Otani being out is, I mean, Patrick Sandoval and Julio Teron, and I mean, Julio Tehran looked horrible. So um, I know he did really bad today, really, had a really poor game today. And that's unfortunate because I'm a big Julio Tehran fan. I really like the guy. I think he's a he's a bulldog on the mound. I really, really like him. Um, and I hope he's able to turn it around but it's been it's been a struggle so far
0: so the uh, the National League East division they've been pretty mediocre all week five and five for the top three teams Marlins Braves Phillies um, Nats have been four and six along with the Mets at four and six um, you know the Nats got Soto back he's been looking really dang good Um, But this division is just looking mediocre altogether. I mean, I don't think there's one team that's really going to separate themselves from the pack. Um, And, and the way that the Braves pitching has really went down, the Phillies bullpen's terrible. Um, You know, the Nationals pitching has not been what you've expected. Uh, I mean, the Marlins could stick around in that thing and, and, and make a push for, I know, especially this shortened season is going to help it out, but I think that they could, they could still make a push for those playoffs.
1: Yeah, the the Marlins are an interesting team because they're really young and they play really hard and they're exciting. They, they, they run they' They're really athletic. They run a lot. Um, you know, I watched them a bit this weekend with, uh, with their series against the Braves and they were, um, you know, they're, they're pretty good. Uh, they have their starting pitching has been good. They're doing a really good job developing their young guys. Uh, I know Eliza Hernandez pitched today and I mean, he went five innings, didn't walk anybody, nine strikeouts. I mean, um, well,
0: that they still haven't. They still don't
1: impressive. have Alcantara back. They don't have Alcantara back, and he's going to be. He's he's probably their most promising pitching prospect. But they they've got other guys. I mean, they got uh, Jordan Yamamoto, uh, Pablo Lopez. These yeah. are some guys that nobody's really talked about too much. But they've they've got a pretty good amount of talent there. Um, in their pitching rotation, and they're doing a good job developing it. And, uh, of course, we've touched on the Braves a lot, pitching injuries. Uh, I believe it was this week that Sean Newcomb was designated for assignment. I don't know if we've talked about that yet. Um, mm, or not. He wasn't DFA'd, I'm sorry. He was optioned. Optioned, um, yeah. optioned to AAA, yeah. And and he uh, So he's he's been moved down. Robbie Erlin pretty much saved the Braves' week today by pitching a, a great game, um, which is something I did not think I was going to say the beginning of the season and uh the phillies are, are hanging around i think the phillies are probably the probably the best challenge to the braves right now and the and the marlins i mean i don't i don't expect the marlins to hang where they are the, all year uh, they've they they definitely are taking a step in the right direction and they're showing a lot of promise so far early in this season but i just don't know if the talent's there for them to sustain a a, a run um, the Phillies, I think, have some talent. Their bullpen is just atrocious, though, and that's something that they're going to probably have to figure out at the deadline. And then the Nationals, um, you know, I'd like to hear what you think about the Nationals because they have had um, – you know, obviously, Strasburg has gone down, but this weekend, both uh, Scherzer and Patrick Corbin gave up five runs in their starts, and it was against the Orioles. So –
0: well, yeah, but we already hit the. the Orioles have a lot of professional they do. I mean, a lot they of do. underrated guys that we didn't expect. Um, Corbin, you know, Corbin can have those games where he does that, where he gives up those five, and then he'll go on a streak of like four in a row that he won't give up any. Yeah. Um, and and Scherzer, Scherzer just hasn't looked himself this year. Um, I, I don't know if it's something to do with his back, um, which he's had some issues with before. Yeah. Uh, I just, or if it's you know, age finally starting to catch up on him. You know, he's thrown a lot of innings, uh, but, but his stuff, but his stuff still seems there. The velocity's yeah. still popping, the the curveball and slider are still biting. I mean, I, I don't, I just think that it's, I I think it's one of those years. I mean, everybody, there's a lot of good pitchers that are struggling, and I just think that Scherzer is such a routine-based guy. I mean, this is a guy who even on his off-day bullpens will throw in full uniform. Oh, yeah, because he does not want to get off kilter. Right. Uh, I, I just think it's something that, you know, we, we've said the Orioles have some good hitters, and, and just him not being 100% himself so far in this season. Yeah. So I, I, I think they will bounce back. You know, they need Strasburg to be healthy if they're going to do anything. Right. Uh, he pretty much saved them in the playoffs last year from the yes. pitching side. And Strasburg's um, really
1: good, too. People don't yeah. – Scherzer has overshadowed him for a long time because Scherzer has been – you know, top, that's how he wants Top it. two, top three pitcher in baseball,
0: and so. that's how Strasburg wants it. He's not the guy who wants to under the radar
1: a little bit, but um, yeah, but yeah, but, yeah. But back on Scherzer, I mean, it, it's interesting because last year he had that little, you know, he had those little injury flare-ups, and in the second half of last season, he he kind of looked the same way he has this year. The stuff looked like it was there, but he just wasn't quite himself. And it's interesting. I and it'll be interesting to see whether it's his issues he's had and we're talking about Scherzer having issues he's got a 371 ERA so it's not like he's been bad he's still a really 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 good pitcher even you know even though we're talking about him struggling we're just expecting the best pitcher in baseball when you're talking about Scherzer so um yeah
0: uh the Cubs uh we'll move on to the central they're six and four this week still playing a good enough baseball to stay ahead in that division even with that bullpen um, you know the Cardinals are just starting to cut, get back and playing this week, and they did a. I mean, they I saw they blew up for four runs in that first inning, but you know they're they're gonna have a lot of games and a lot of days. It's gonna really hit their schedule hard. You yeah, know, it, only it, playing eight games so far, is some players still too. Yeah, um, the Brewers. I mean, they're five and five. Mm-hmm. You know, Yelich is is has started the past couple days to start hitting like Yelich can. But you know, with Kane opting out, and then you know they're missing some of their other pitching. They really just—I don't know who's going to make a run. I mean, we thought the Reds, but you know they've been shut down for her, these COVID reasons. Um, you know, having a player test positive for COVID. Um, right. So I, I just don't think that anybody's going to be able to jump up there and and take that division from the Cubs right now.
1: Right. We'll we'll see. Um. I mean, the Cubs are starting to come back down a little bit. I was looking at, you know, just their stats in general and they haven't had, it, it seems like a lot of their top players are struggling some, um, and that they're, they've just kind of been able to hold on. Their starting pitching has been really good. Um, you Darvish has looked like the U Darvish we've expected to see the last couple of years and mm-hmm. Kyle Hendricks has been really good. And, uh, you know, Lester until today, he, he had a little bit of a hiccup has been good. Um, you know, the Cubs have, they've, they've got, they've gotten by doing enough, but they've had, they have a lot of guys that are really role players on that team, uh, such as Ian Happ and, um, you know, Jason Hayward, a couple guys that, you know, they're hitting, they're playing just out of their minds right now. And, I don't expect that to happen all year. They're really going to need turnarounds from a guy like Chris Bryant, or Wilson Contreras. Well, to, Bryant's to... been
0: dealing Bryant's been dealing with a, uh, a wrist injury, um, yeah. and, and that's why he's been DHing some and he's been out of the lineup. Um, so that that's been attributed to some of his struggles. Um, Wilson Contreras, he's always very streaky. Uh, yeah. I mean, he started off the season really good, but now he's struggling the last couple weeks. Um, you know, and they, they always just have those players that they fill in and do really good for a while. You, you know, like David yeah. Bodie was last year. I mean, he jumped yeah. in, and he played out of his mind, you know. But I, with Chris Bryant, I, I expect him to come back, you know, turn it around. But they're being saved by their, their starting rotation right now, which is what they need because that bullpen is atrocious.
1: Yeah, and they got to get – You know, they've had some good signs from their bullpen this week. I mean, Craig Kimbrell's pitched a couple of actually pretty good outings the last couple days against the Brewers. Um, But, I mean, the Brewers still have a great bullpen. They've still got, um, you know, some really good players in their lineup that are bound to, you know, hit really well. I mean, Yellich is... You know, you look up and Yelich is up to his batting average is still under 200, but his OPS is up over 750 again. And I mean, that's not a great OPS, but I mean, the way we were talking about him a couple weeks ago, was, I mean, he's starting, they, they're starting to have some guys turn it around a little bit. I mean, they're sitting there, you know, I think last week we were talking about them being like just about five games back. And uh, now it's, you know, it's closed up a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I do think the Cubs are going to win that division, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, what, what happens down the stretch there.
0: Yeah, that middle pack is, you know, Cardinals, Brewers, Reds. They're really close right there still. Yeah, and um, the Cardinals
1: and Reds are such wild cards because of the COVID concerns. Right. The Cardinals haven't missed so many games and right. and the Reds, yeah.
0: you know, the, I think that's that... That's going to be a fight for a wild card spot, I believe. Um. It, 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 it very well...
1: Very well, might be. Very well, might um, be.
0: So the West Division, the the Dodgers have turned it on and looked like the Dodgers you have expected this past week. Um, it's only been against the Padres and the the Angels, but still, they've their at bats have looked a lot better. Um, you know, they're they went seven and three this week. Colorado's come back down five and five. I think we sort of expected a little bit of regression from their pitching staff. Um, they had been pitching really well at Coors and that just seems to not have been the case anymore. You know, they're seven and six at home this season and six and two on the road. So that just kind of, kind of shows how their pitching has really been starting to struggle. Cause I think at one point they were, they were like six and two, I think at home.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the Rockies are <clears throat> with their, the way their their pitching rotation has looked so far, I think they're going to stick around. Um, you know, they probably are gonna have to make a few moves in their bullpen to to really bolster things, but I mean, the DH has really helped them because they can get a bat like Matt Kemp in the lineup, who obviously is a very, very poor defender that is but can still hit some. Um and that you've got
0: yeah, I and know you how much got, that one hurts me. <laughs> and if you've got it.
1: a you've got a you got guys like I mean, Trevor story is very 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 good and uh, Charlie yeah. Blackman's having an insane season and th- this is, they've been you know they're at, sitting at 13 and 8 and you know one of the best records in the majors and they really haven't had I mean they've had good con- uh, contribution from Nolan Arenado but he hadn't been like the you know 900 plus OPS Nolan Arenado that you typically see so you're talking about a team that, you know, their best player hasn't been all the way there. He's been good, but he hasn't been all the way there, and they're still playing pretty well. So um, I do yeah. think the Dodgers will win the division, but the Rockies, mm-hmm. I don't think, are going to fall very much.
0: We'll get a good uh, a good insight, because this next weekend, um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's a three-game series with the Rockies in L.A. playing the Dodgers. Um, so we'll, we'll get a good, a good view of each of those teams and really see who's stacking up in that division, you know, between two, who's going to separate themselves. Um, right. speaking on the Dodgers, the whole Joe Kelly situation we've, we've talked about, um, just kind of wrap that up. His suspension was eight games, uh, through his appeal process. He has had that reduced down to five games, but he has also gone on the IL. So he ha- cannot serve those five games while being right. on the injured list. So, Um, from one of the Dodgers insiders they said the earliest he can return I believe is the 29th so they still have you know two weeks until he can come back pretty much
1: right and Joe Kelly of course you know the the big thing with his suspension and all it was more of a you know, it was more of a news story than how important he is to the Dodgers. I mean, he's a good bullpen right. arm to have, but um, I don't think that's really going to affect their team that much. No,
0: I just wanted but, to kind of wrap that up from absolutely, from absolutely. Previous yeah. two ones we've yeah, done. So, um, but, Arizona seven and three. Yeah, you Arizona. know, Robbie Ray looked pretty decent today. I think he threw what five no-hit innings.
1: <laughs> five hitless yeah. innings with six walks. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, it's...
0: <laughs> If, that guy, I do not understand. He his stuff is so good. He cannot find the zone. Yeah, like, he, he could not hit the broadside of a barn if he wanted to.
1: Yeah, it's very. Uh, so that was interesting. I was looking at the box scores and I was sitting there looking at. I mean, six walks and five innings without yeah. any hits. He still gave up. He gave up a run without giving up any hits, and there weren't any errors. So that should probably yeah. tell you all you need to know about that outing. But um, it's a little bit. So that's very interesting. I don't think that's going to work out too well for him to keep throwing six walt- in five Definitely inning games. Not.
0: <laughs> but, Definitely um, not at all. Um, so now we want to kind of just go into um, you know some third, third of the way through the season uh, award predictions. Um, these are not based off of what the teams have done so far or the players have done so far. It's what we think at the end of the season, what the awards would be like um so we will start with rookie of the year um in the NL I have Dodgers pitcher Dustin May and yep. in the AL I have White Sox center fielder Luis Robert and who do you have Matt
1: um in the NL I actually have um uh, Padres first baseman slash infielder uh Jake Cronenworth um okay. I really like what he's done so far. Uh, you know, his plate discipline has been really good. Um, he, he really seems to be, you know, he seems like he belongs to the big leagues. Uh, we were talking about this before the show and, and, you know, the only concern that I really have with him so far is, you know, is he got to play every day because they got Fernando Tatis and they've got Eric Hosmer. And, um, so that'll be interesting. And then in the AL, um, I mean, I, I think Luis Robert will probably end up winning it, but I'm gonna go with Kyle Lewis because I really like what he's done so far, and I wanted to shout out somebody, somebody a little different that's not getting talked about too, too much, because Kyle Lewis has been really, really, really good. So
0: he has been. Um, Luis Robert, like we said, he's he's been the really hyped up guy. Um, he's looked really good so far this season as well. Uh, there's, I mean, not much in depth we can go into to him that hasn't been said by yeah, many other people before. Um, on the NL side, it, it's really weak this year in, with the rookies. Um, and, and Cronenworth, I was debating between Dustin May and J- uh, Jake Cronenworth. Um, I just went with May because I'm not sure the playing time Cronenworth will get, and May has looked really good the past couple, his past three starts. You know, two of them being against San Diego, and and today his his line doesn't look as good, but there were some some errors that happened inside the game in that inning that yeah. it kind of it made his pitch count get a lot higher. So he got pushed out of the game. Really definitely, a,
1: definitely a talented guy. No, um, dude, give me...
0: But he's... yeah, I, I he, he's it, the only other thing is, will he get the opportunity? Right. You know, he's pitching right now, but they're going to have Alex Wood coming back, you know, and, and they have Tony Gonsolin, who's looked really good. You know, is he going to keep it up, uh, keep getting those opportunities? You know, Bueller's really struggled though. Um, you know, Kershaw's looked like, Kershaw, pretty much the last couple starts, so yeah. I, I just think I think I'm gonna go with Dustin May on that that one. and, and...
1: Yeah, and we've got a couple a couple more things that you know, a couple more guys in the NL. The NL really is wide open right now still because you know, like we said, these neither one of these guys are a slam dunk rookie of the year type guys so i did want to touch on a couple of a couple of young guys that uh rookies that are you know either coming up or are you know have been pretty good as well Um, i wanted to touch on andres jimenez from the mets um Mm -hmm. he's looked pretty good so far um there's a few things that you would like to see him improve on obviously and he's a rookie so just about all rookies are gonna be like that but um i like uh like his speed on the base paths and, and defense and then um I think you got to look at uh, Dylan Carlson, who's a young guy that's coming up for the uh, Cardinals. Uh, um, this is his first two he played his first two games and I, and I don't know how he'll do, but he's a very high rated prospect and uh, Monty Harrison for the Marlins as well. These are, these are a couple a few guys that are high rated prospects that you just never know what you're going to get from them. And it's entirely possible that one of them could jump up and have a, you know, a, a huge three or four weeks and, you know, take the world by storm and and win it because there really isn't a slam dunk out there. So, I mean, my pick would probably be a Jake Cronenworth or, or a Dustin May. I think that's a very, very, very likely outcome as well. um But there's some of these other guys out there that are that I believe look look like they've got a shot at it too if they can come in and, and play really well. You know, that we just haven't really seen too much of yet.
0: Yeah, which which like we said would be in short season. You know. And the Cardinals, you know, they've only played eight games so far. So Carlson could definitely be a dark horse, you know, if he plays all those games. Uh, I know they're still – I think they're still waiting on a couple guys to come back from COVID. Um, So we'll see. We'll see with with how he does. Um, It's just opportunity, you know, in this young season uh, and shortened season. It's Who's going to take advantage of that? And like you said, the NL is completely wide open. So – our predictions could be completely out there there, there could be somebody
1: I mean then there could be guys in the minors right now that have a shot at you know if you know we talk about the Braves having so many pitching injuries if one of their prospects pops up and you know pitches really well for you know a month that could change the whole thing You, you got situations situations like that where you very well could see somebody just pop up and you know, take everything, take everything by storm. And, you know, the guys that we've talked about are, I mean, I don't think that Jake Cronenworth or Dustin may are going to go anywhere. Cause I think they're both good players and, but it's entirely possible that somebody pops up and has a huge, you know, first month of the big leagues. So,
0: yeah. Well, let's move on to the Cy Young award. Uh, next in the NL, I'm going with Philly's pitcher, Aaron Nola. Um, he's looked really good so far, you know, two Oh five ERA, um, he has a 12.65 uh, case per nine this year. Uh, he's, his walks are down low. Uh, he has a 1.1 1. 1 bore. I mean, he's looked really good. Uh, and, you know, most people are going to go with Sonny Gray or Trevor Bauer or or uh, even, you know, like a Herman Marquez. But I think Nola's been one of the more underrated guys, and I've always liked what he can do. And, you know, him being that leader of that Philly staff, I think he's just going to have to, you know, Really up his game with that bullpen being so bad that uh, if he keeps this up, I could, I could definitely see voters looking at him as as a guy who deserves a little bit more credit than uh, than some of these other guys. Uh, in the AL, I'm going with Shane Bieber. I think everybody, I know you agree. With yeah. That one. Um, he's been by far the best pitcher in the MLB this year. Um, you know Bundy's given him a run in the AL, but I, I just think I've seen a longer track record from Shane Bieber than uh than Dylan Bundy of being very good. So I, I think Beaver, I'll let you hit on him right now.
1: Yeah, um I I my my picks are obviously we we're talking about Beaver, and I, I think that's gotta be my pick. I mean, it's this is a guy that in the minor leagues um was known for his command and not walking people and uh but his stuff has taken a step up and is playing so well. Um, you know, he is a guy that has been he, he's been he's got a 130 era so far i mean 14 strikeouts per nine you know only 1.5 walks per nine these are elite numbers especially the one point the 1.5 walks per nine and 14.02 strikeouts per nine and that differential is insane he's also getting the ball on the ground a lot more than 50 percent of the time so you know this is a guy that's not giving up a lot of home run balls he's not He's striking people out. He's getting a lot of – he's not giving up a lot of walks. And, I mean, you can see it in his ERA and a lot of his, you know, peripheral stats and advanced stats are really showing that, you know, the analytics are showing that his ERA is legit. And his ERA is one of the – you know, he's the lowest in the American League, I believe, other than Lance Lynn, um, who has also been very good. Um, And then uh, in the the NL, my pick was, um, you know, Sonny Gray, who – has been incredible this year. He's always been a good pitcher that could get the ball on the ground a lot. Um, but I mean, he's striking people out. The Reds um, are doing an excellent job with their, um, with their pitching development and their ability to turn around pitchers that get there. Cause Sonny gray, you know, is a guy that was really good with the A's, but after, you know, he had gone through a couple places like when he was with the Yankees where he wasn't, quite as good didn't fit quite as well and the reds have turned him back into honestly you know the way he's looked this year and the way he looked at times last year he's looked better than he ever looked with the a's which he was a good pitcher with the a's
0: yeah i think um, he's finally you know one of the big things with with him going back to the reds is it's most people don't they don't put very much stock into this but i i think it's fantastic is that he finally got back with his uh college pitching coach Derek johnson and that has, you know, especially after getting the yips and and the New York, you know, yeah, the New York media really eaten him alive. He really needed somewhere to go and and be with somebody familiar. And and Derek Johnson has worked wonders with Sonny Gray so far, and uh, he's looked really good with with Cincinnati, and even in the hitter's ballpark. You know, Great America has been known to be a very hitter ballpark. It really um, is, and. One thing I've noticed, which is very odd, is Sonny Gray was always a, a big ground ball pitcher, um, and he's got, you know, especially now pitching in Great American, which is a hitter's ballpark. His ground ball rate has dropped down to 46%. Right.
1: He still gets, it's uh, still a good ground ball yeah, rate. It's, it's, it's not quite what it once ball, was, yeah.
0: But it's not what he was doing with Oakland. You know, where Oakland and and was just like pound the ball on the ground, on the ground, on the ground. Um, and, and in Cincinnati, they've kind of freed him up to. You know, don't be afraid to get the ball in the air, right? Um, and and it's really worked out for him so far. Yeah,
1: and if you look at Cincinnati in general um, with their pitching staff, you're looking at a lot of guys who are who are elevating their fastball more and are pitching to a lot more strikeouts. Um, like uh, you look at in, in you know in the top in the top ten in Fan um, Graphs WAR from the for, for pitchers, uh, Luis Castillo is up there too, and, mm-hmm. and he's his ERA is not quite as low. But you know his advanced metrics are very, very, very good, which you you would think that three three ninety one ERA would come down some. And this is a guy who showed ace potential last year, so um, he's he's very good. Um, and um, he you know he's got that great change up as well. So the, the Reds are very interesting with their pitching staff, and, and especially those top three guys in the rotation. Um, yeah. They've got they got three guys that are really, really good, um, and then you know, we could talk about for, for just a moment, a couple of other guys, uh, in the AL and NL that I think could have a shot at, you know, overtaking these guys. Um, just want to shout out Dylan Bundy, who's been, and we're going to talk about him a little bit more later, but he's been, he's been very good <laughs> and it's, it's surprising, but you know, we've seen that from guys that have gotten out of, uh, Baltimore, which has been a, uh, which is a, you know, a, definitely a hitter's ballpark at Camden Yards. And, um, you know they're you know they've they've made a lot of changes to their to their organization the last few years, but previous to that they they really did have some issues with uh pitching development and you got you got a guy like Dylan Bundy and and Kevin Gossman who's you know pitched pretty well for the for the uh, Giants so far this year. That's a couple guys who have gotten out of uh gotten out of that situation. And, I started to look like, you know, better better pitchers. So, um that's an interesting thing to look at. And then you also look at uh Lance Lynn, has been extremely good in the American League. Um and then in the National League, um other than the guys we talked about, you've got um, you know, Max Fried has been really really good. He's actually leading the National League in earned run average. Um and then uh, Kyle Hendricks has been good and you Darvish has been excellent. Um you know, he's been more like the Yu Darvish that we've you know, we we expected to see with the Cubs, um, along with Herman Marquez, who, you know, it's got to be really hard for a Rockies pitcher pitching in that ballpark to win the Cy Young. But I mean, he's he's a really good pitcher, and you know, he's actually got the stats to back it up right now. So,
0: well, let's move on to our MVP picks, and I'll uh, I'll let you go ahead and and hit on you who you have on first.
1: All right. Um, my mvp picks right now are in the national league i believe uh Charlie blackman right now is um i, I don't absolutely love his advanced uh, metrics right now but you know you were looking at a third of the way into the season he's hitting 440. so i mean at this, at this point in the season and, and you've got a lot of guys who you know are gonna vote, for MVP that are going to vote off of stuff like that. They're going to vote off of, you know, Charlie Blackman's hitting 440. I mean, if he's got anywhere close to a 400 batting average, you know, people are going to, you know, really, they're they're, going to really appreciate that um, highly and and vote, vote for that. Um, And he, you know, based on looking at his, some of his advanced metrics, you know, you, you would expect his average to drop down. I don't know if he's going to keep that pace up, but you're looking at a guy that's probably going to hit over 350. Um, he's all he's always in, you know, in cores for, you know, half of his games. So um, he's going even if, to, even if he's not just out of his mind like he is right now, I mean, he's hitting in cores. So um, I think that that would be my pick for the National League. And then for the American League, I think, uh, I mean, I don't pick against Mike Trout. I think Mike Trout's the best player in baseball. And uh, I think that, um, you know, based looking at some of his uh, his stats, he, he honestly has been a little bit unlucky this year. And he's still hitting 304 with a uh, 359 on base and a 710 slugging percentage. So if you look looking at it, a guy who that's unlucky for him, so that's kind of crazy. And he's, you know, well, just the best mm-hmm. player in baseball.
0: He still has nine home runs. And nineteen oh, yeah. Guys. And, you know, he's only played 17 games while some of our top people have already played 22. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like you said, you can't pick against Mike Trout. And especially in this shortened season, nobody else has really separated themselves. Um, and he's are still looking this good. Um, I, I, I don't see how voters can really go against Mike Trout right now.
1: Yeah, I mean... It... It's one of those things where, you know, I think the team he plays on might hurt him a little bit because they're probably not going to be in contention by the end of the year. But I think he's been, he's as he has been for the last, you know, we're going on seven or eight years now. He's the best player in baseball. So, I mean, it's not really consistently, it's not really that close. You might have one year where a guy like Mookie Betts is close to him, but... I mean and they're always gonna vote, you know, differently because you got guys that are you right. know, you don't wanna give it to the same guy every year, but I mean
0: Trout's I mean, been this good, you can't you can't deny especially can. this season, in this shortened thing, not giving it to him. Um Yeah, you're hundred percent right about that. And then in my uh my NL pick, which this is gonna be a little bit biased, but I don't care on these these it's a third third of the way through season predictions. I'm going with Mookie Betts. Um You know, he's been a little unlucky this year, but you look at his, he's still batting 309. He's still got a 371 on base, Um, you know, eight eight home runs still. And he just got moved back to the leadoff spot, which is a very big thing for him. That's what he likes. He likes doing that. Um, But he still played great defense in right field, you know, especially with everybody else on the Dodgers, been struggling really, Uh, you know, Bellinger, Muncy, you know, Seager being on and off with being hurt and stuff. He's he's looked like the best player, and he's led that team, especially in this past week. Um, he's been he had three home run game one day. You know he's been getting some big key hits. Um, you know if he keeps it up, I think he's going to easily jump over every other candidate in the NL. Uh, I just don't see anybody that's really separated themselves at the time uh, so far, and and I think that you know. His stats are gonna just gonna continue getting better because he's been really unlucky. While some of the other candidates have been, I'd say, a little bit more lucky than they should be. So um, it's kind of just gonna even everything back out. And you know, especially voters have a real big bias um, of were they the leader, or were they good on a good team, or were they good on a bad team, and how valuable are they? Um, you know, and with especially with Bellinger really struggling this year who most people thought, you know, him and Mookie would take MVP votes from each other. Um, But with him not looking like himself or or like he was last year, and Mookie has been, I I see Mookie sort of just separating himself from everybody else.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and that's very hard to argue against because Mookie Betts has been very good um, and you know, uh, the guys that are, you know, you look at the leaderboards right now for Fangraph's war, the guys above them, I mean, Mike Gostrzemski has been extremely good and he's an extremely good player. Um, he's a late bloomer that has turned into a, a spectacular player and a good centerpiece for the Giants to build around. Um, but, and Fernando Tatis, who for the Padres is, a, he's a phenom. He's he's one of the best young players in baseball. He's, he's incredible, but I I don't, I don't necessarily expect them to keep up the pace their own now. Um, both of them have, uh, you know, have been fairly lucky on balls and play. And um, they, I mean, they're both, and they're both extremely good. So either one of them could, you know, could end up being that guy. But um, I think that the counting stats, I don't know if, we're gonna, if they're going to be there quite as much as they are right now at the end of the season, especially for Yastrzemski who a lot of his skills aren't valued quite as highly by, by the voters. Cause I mean, a lot of his skill is he's got a, he's got a 19% walk rate right now, which is an insane amount of walks. And he's very, very good at getting on base. And that's something where, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the, you know, more old fashioned voters are, aren't especially going to go for that. So they're going to look more on the, you know, who's hit the most home runs and who's got the highest average type things. So, and I think Buki Betts is a guy with his, he, he he puts the ball in play, but he's still got hits for power. I mean, he's he's just a you know a spectacular baseball player. So and he's they're all good defenders too at the top as well. So um, I I think I, I think that obviously you know my pick Charlie Blackman you know I, I feel fairly confident about, but I think Mookie Betts is a you know easily a, a good shot to, to do that as well.
0: He's a he's a much safer bet than Charlie Blackman. I went I went the really safe and biased route on this one. Uh-huh. You went the uh, the kind of unconventional, yeah. conventional one. But you know, like we said, it's a shortened season, and, and there's, who knows what this year what can happen. Um, so let's kind of just go into the you know the last segment we like to do, which is players of the week. Um, I have for my pitcher, I have Dylan Bundy, who you already already hit on, and and kind of told them what dylan buddy's been doing this season so i'm not going to really pay too much attention to him because um, you already gave a breakdown of that uh, i'll go with jesse winker uh, for my hitter of the week though he has looked insane this week um you know his batting average was 688 and his BABIP was 667 so he really hasn't been very unlucky he's been pretty much true to what he's what he's supposed to do um you know, a 16% walk rate, a 10.5K rate. He hit five home runs this week, uh, seven RBIs. He had a full war, a full win of war this week alone, um, you know, on base of pretty much 74%. He's just been playing out of his mind this week. So that's my pick for player of the week, or at least my hitter of the week. Um, who do you got?
1: Um, my hitter for this week I believe is going to be Juan Soto. Um I was kind of torn between uh, Juan Soto and his uh, former teammate Anthony Rendon, um, who is starting to come to life some. But I went with Soto. Um, he, um, you know, he's hit this week 423, 483, uh, and his slugging percentage is over a thousand, which is insane. Um, he's hit five home runs this week in, in seven games. Um, he's put up um, he's he's put up 29 plate appearances and only struck out once which is a, uh, which is remarkable, remarkably good. Um, And um, he's been, um, he's been very good. And he's really, he's really rescued the nationals to a certain extent. I mean, they, they would be in a lot of trouble this week if it wasn't for Juan Soto, who, um, you know, has come back from, you know, his his COVID issue where he didn't really, I don't think he really had COVID, but he, he had a couple, he had a false positive test, I believe. Yeah. That's what they ended up. Determining it was, um, he he, was, he had yeah. a
0: great week. Yeah, and he was held out, and then he had to get approval from the from the state board to let him play yes. and all that. And it was after all of that, and then it comes out that it was a false positive. I mean, I just it's it's good to see him come back after all of that and be this good, you know. This week he, he like you said he's just been insane. Yeah, uh, you know betting four twenty three, you know three hundred. A which means that he's still been a little bit, you know, the yeah, league been, average. Yeah. Which I mean. Yeah, way, it's you
1: know. and it's all about that strikeout rate. I mean, it, that's what caught my eye when I was looking at the the lists for the, uh, for this week. Was uh, I mean, he struck out once in right. 29 plate appearances. That's a 3.4 percent strikeout rate, and that's you know. That, that, very that's very good insane. and then and while still hitting for power it's not like he's just poking the ball and play every time or bunting or something like i mean he's hitting for power and doing that so he's yeah. he's a good he's a really good player
0: oh well, who do you have for your pitcher of the week uh
1: my pitcher for the week is um max Fried from the braves he has um he's had a great week um with the with the way that the braves pitching staff has been riddled with injury um they had to have someone step up this week and max Fried has pitched two games. One was a double header, um, uh, seven inning game that he pitched only five innings in, but, um, he's did not give up a run in either game. Um, you know, t- he's got a, he's been, has been over 10 strikeouts per nine this week and 11 innings pitched, um, only 3.2 walks per nine. Um, he had three walks in this game yesterday, I believe, um and i mean he's looking like an ace right now for the braves and um he's been spectacular um he's i mean he's he's got it, it's it, with the situation that the braves are in in their rotation um he's had a lot of pressure on his back too
0: yeah, and it's good to, it's good to see him finally step up you know especially with soroka going down he's met yeah, that challenge yeah that, yeah soroka going down
1: and then the guys that have, you know, struggled in the rotation as well. Like, you know, having been taken out, I mean, the Braves right now have one starting pitcher and it's Max Freed. So, um, that, that's not either a really young inconsistent guy or, you know, a reliever that's just trying to get out there and throw three or four innings to get the game into the middle innings for the bullpen. So Max Freed has had a spectacular week, um, for the braves and and who who is your pitcher this week?
0: my pitcher was Dylan bundy we already we already right won right already. right
1: that's that's right we we talked about him earlier um yeah, he had the we had that one start this one. week, but he looked really good, so
0: yeah he he did look really good in that one um you uh, know, like you said, he has a one five seven ray this week yeah um he's really been limiting the home run ball, um, you know, striking a lot of people out. his sliders looked really good um which oh, yeah. is something that it did not look like in Baltimore so but i think that's gonna wrap it up for us this week
1: all right yeah it's uh hope, hope everyone enjoyed the show um you can follow us on uh on twitter the at bat podcast um and uh you can follow me at matt arcara on twitter um and um, uh, you know we'll be i'm excited for what we got with you know next week we're gonna talk about the trade deadline right
0: yeah we'll hit on the trade deadline and uh, by the time this episode goes up, I hope we get a uh, get confirmation. But as of right now, as we're recording this, we are up on Spotify officially, um, and I hope by the next couple days, especially by next week, we should be up and running on Apple Podcast, which is very exciting for us. It, it gives us an extra an extra platform where we can really start, you know, branching out and. Helping grow ourselves. Um, you know, this is a new podcast where we're still trying to work out all the kinks of you. You heard today, I had a phone ring. I had a dog bark. Um, <laughs> we're, we're still trying to iron everything out, but uh, you know, we appreciate everybody that's, that's stuck with us so far. And you know, if you guys keep coming back, that's very much appreciated. Um, we take any feedback, like you, like you said, hit us up on that, on our account, on Twitter, um, the BatFit fit podcast. Um, I'm at the real D boy 12 on Twitter as well. If you guys want to, uh, to to contact me personally, but you know, just the first couple weeks, we've we've had a great support so far. Uh, I can't thank everybody enough for that. You know, I've had a bunch of people reach out and you know say, hey, what can we do to help, or or uh, you know, how can we help you branch out and and stuff. And I, I I just really appreciate it. I can't I can't say that enough. So thank everyone that has been a part of this so far, and we just hope that you guys stick with us
1: yeah it's been it's been great I'm, I'm really having a good time with it and um you know i hope we can i'm excited to keep it going I'm, I'm excited to look at some uh potential trades next week and you know i'm excited to see what we have in the upcoming few weeks with when it comes to you know just own field product baseball i think it's going to be it's going to be an entertaining few weeks here and uh so, yeah there's a there's a lot of a lot of stories that are about to come out and a lot of a lot of things that are about to go down in the big leagues this week
0: and that's it's gonna be fun should give us an interesting episode for next week so make sure you oh, guys yeah. tune in alrighty Matt we'll talk to you later all
1: right later man later, later guys. guys thank you everybody.